And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Feral Audio. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hello, hello. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Tom Sharpling is on the show from The Best Show on WFMU, formerly of WFMU, soon to be started up again. And uh, he's got a new box set out, The Best of the Best Show of Worcester and Sharpling, Sharpling and Worcester. You can get it at Numero Group. I think it's like a 16-CD set, but it's available at numerogroup.com. What do I have going on? December 19th, Denver Oriental Theater. I'll be there with a bunch of other comics, a bunch of Denver comics, I believe. Then I'll be in, uh, where am I going to be? Oh, yeah, I'll be in Oklahoma City, Dallas, Houston. That's in January. Go to toddberry.com. And this podcast is brought to you by feralaudio.com. Not the website, Feral Audio, but that is their website. Check out all their other podcasts. I got a bunch of good ones. And, uh... Here we go with Tom Sharpling. We're starting now, Tom. Yeah, this is exciting. This is exciting. Tables are turned. I know. I Usually. was really excited about saying tables are turned when you got here. <laughs> I I had a feeling some version of that <laughs> was going to start this off. You thought I was going to... I'm not predictable, huh? You just knew. Well, it's just... It's, it's the elephant in the room. <laughs> it is. It's like... It's like when... Uh, a headlining band starts opening for people. Yeah, it's like it's I know like, that totally doesn't make sense what I just said. It's like when Guns and Roses were like opening for people, and then suddenly they're like, "Yeah, I think you guys might have to headline these shows. Everyone's <laughs> here for you guys, and no one cares. Everyone's mad at us because we're playing twice as long as you guys are." I saw Van Halen open for the Stones. What year was that? Uh, it was last year. No, it was, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, in the 80s sometime. Sure. It was so, in Orlando at a football stadium. But they had already all, both had, like, well, of course, the Rolling Stones had made their yeah, they, bones. I was going to be like. People pretty much knew who they were, yeah. Yeah. But Van Halen, it's not like it was, it's not like it was 1976, and it's like. Yeah, no, it was definitely like, oh, wow, this, this like, famous band is opening for the Rolling Stones. Yeah, just like this. But it was my only chance to see Van Halen. Which I was there to see the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. To be sure, to be clear, yeah. This is a great story I opened up with. You ever notice that those Van Halen songs? It almost sounds like it's almost like it's the first time David Lee Roth has heard the song. In a way, he's like well, he's kind of he feel like he's reading the lyrics <laughs> a little bit, or he's just like screaming and talking and screaming and then like mumbling asides and all these things it's like it's like he's just like i'll figure something out like they record the thing and then they just give him the track he's like but they have no idea what the song would even be called when they give him the instrumental track and he's just like i'll fill in all the rest of this like (laughs) when it comes back to you guys it will be called panama i actually met him at the comedy cellar once 
Okay. Is he? Uh... He was actually he was very nice, but extremely, very chatty. There's those guys who are like eternally on. Yeah, it's like such a troubling. I Maybe, wish. Yeah. Go wouldn't ahead. wouldn't it be like? Wouldn't it be exhausting to be that guy? I imagine. Um, he was a good audience member, though. He was laughing and flopping his arms and mm-hmm. hung out upstairs. And but yeah, I, the only I mean, the real advantage of that is when they're on talk shows. Like I, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys you just let him go. Yeah, I wish I was one of those guys. Where, if you're the Lord, where you know that that night on Conan, they know that it's just like we'll just let him do what he's going to do. Yeah, we'll just say hi to him. And then uh, every 10 minutes, I'll say something. Yeah, and we don't have to worry about that one. I I, I remember hearing certain people on Conan saying, like certain Conan writers would say that there's like this trap that Conan would work so hard to make the show easy for bad talk show guests Uh that now they just want to keep coming back on his show. And I'm like, I only do Conan. It's like, well, because I'm a bad guest and he works so hard to make me good on this. thing. But meanwhile, Conan's just like, no, go. I don't want to be the only place you promote things. It's the worst. It's terrible when you're here. (laughs) Can I say who I heard that was? It was Uh, it it was uh, Benicio del Toro. What do you mean? Was like. They were saying, like, man, this guy's the worst on talk shows. Oh, really? Benicio Del Toro. But he goes on Conan. Conan, like, goes overtime to, like, make it a good... Is he just, like, a one-word answer guy? He seems like one of those actor guys who... De Niro's kind of like that on talk shows. There's one, The Letterman with De Niro, where he's just... It's so, like... It's it's very uncomfortable. But, you know, he's quiet. I'm a quiet, shy guy. So when I... When it comes up, I go, oh, so's De Niro. <laughs> oh, I wasn't a good guest. Well, neither is Robert De Niro. But you also, at least, it seems like you've heard your own comedy before you come on. And like when he talks about these movies, it's almost like he never thought about that he's in them or something. He's like somebody's dad on these talk shows. Like just a. It's awkward because he's in the in my living room waiting. To, he's my next guest. He's next. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Well, at least I went first. This is, this is so you weren't my, trashing him. You were just saying he was kind of shy. Was guy. Teeing him up. I was just trying to give him something, trying to like light a fire under his ass for your show. Now I um I, I texted John Worcester this morning <laughs> to see if uh, oh to see if uh, he had any suggestions of what to talk about. Not that I was worried, but mm-hmm. as always, you know, he knows you very well. He said to bring up <laughs> if you would talk about it. Do you already know what he's going to say? No, I have no idea. That's why <laughs> he I'm... said, "Ask Tom about the pamphlet." The pamphlet. Oh my God! I knew he would say the pamphlet. <laughs> oh, good. It's um, it's so funny because I was thinking last night I went uh to uh to see the new pornographers in Philadelphia. Uh huh. And I saw um, like I, they I met their new drummer. Yeah. And it was funny because. It made me remember that over 20 years ago, I went to go see another favorite band of mine, Super Chunk, and the singer of that band introduced me to their new drummer, That and that was the last time I was introduced to the new drummer of oh, it was a band. It was Worcester. And it was so funny that I, I, that I just remembered that experience, and it just, you saying that, I mean, I've known him that long. I've known him for 20 two years at this point so that's how you met him at a super chunk show yeah where you were introduced and you guys hit it off at the ritz we okay. were it was 
Super Chunk, Pavement, and My Bloody Valentine. Oh, man. So that was like one of those bills that you can like lord over somebody in their 20s and be like, yeah, those were all in the same show. But meanwhile, that night, it's like, yeah, My Bloody Valentine were really loud and kind of boring. And it's just so it's like, but you want to, those are the details you kind of. You leave that out just so leave, they yeah. feel like awful. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, God forbid anybody not feel good about themselves for five seconds. I have to make, make them feel like they missed something, but it was not that special of a night, but that was the night I met him and we just started talking and, and found comedy stuff that we had in common. And we really just, then we just started talking on the phone a lot. So that was where everything started was backstage at a super chunk show. I can't believe people used to talk on that. Do you still talk on the phone? I do. I think I'm one of the pe I think people sound surprised when I call sometimes cuz I'm still I still like to talk on the phone to certain people. Yeah, I used to do that. It used to be nice. There used to be people I would talk to for like an hour and a half on the phone. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I still haven't completely let go of that. Yeah. Well, that's good though. I think that should come back. So what was this pamphlet thing? Oh, it was <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to say this. Um, it's a, a podcast. There's no censorship. Oh no, I understand. What I'm saying, but the the guy who it's about is oh, still okay. Is, is, it, well, um, you don't don't no, use no. his name. Oh no, no, it's, I won't use his name. Okay, Todd. I'm not. This is not no, my no, first. No, this rodeo, is not your Todd. first. I use that in a text to someone recently. <laughs> when did that enter the 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 just the common like? I don't think it ever was like acceptable. It went, you heard it, and then it was instantly like, no, that. There's like three phrases. That's one of them that the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, that's so good. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, everyone's saying that now. But it, it had, yeah, it had like a valid shelf life of like two weeks. Like, right. it is what it is was like, oh, no, that kind of, it is what it is. That kind of sums up. But then, like, bad people like miss. I took it is what it is. It's just a very kind of zen kind of thing. Like, hey, that's also pretty simple and generic. But, but, but there was an acceptance, uh, like a very calming acceptance to it. But then people, I think, took it as just like, hey, life sucks. It is what it is. Or, <laughs> hey, I'm doing something bad to you. It is what it is. Like, <laughs> like no, that's not what this um, was. I am currently for. beating you up. You're <laughs> bleeding, but hey, it is what it is. So this pamphlet. I worked yeah. at a music store, and. The owner of the store it was a, a sheet. We sold sheet music, not not <laughs> wow. records and tapes. I love it that was, sheet music. <clears throat> sold sheet music to piano teachers and and the owner um, had uh, he wrote this pamphlet. He wrote he was writing a book on how to not worry about things like how like like stress reduction and things. Right. And but I mean he didn't have much. He had no qualifications for that. Uh -huh. And he was just like, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to um, advertise it in like the star. You remember like the, the National Enquirer was like Coke. And then I think the star would be like the Pepsi. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That was the sort of secondary. Uh... So he spent a lot of money advertising this book. And then I remember the books, the books showing up at the at the store and they were pamphlets they were just super thin huge font empty blank page for every page with just a little bit of writing it was like it was just vamping it was like it was just somebody just trying to run out the clock on what constitutes a book right just like this is all i can kind of write 
you know, people write those like like a tweet book and it's always like a tweet in the midst it's like a giant stretch of white <laughs> nothing that's, that's my dream is to get that book deal i know yeah but then you never get another one though right, because, because no one buys them. they're gonna be like yeah this guy's not the most prolific author in the world <laughs> and it's like people go to the bookstore and they see the tweet book and then they're like yeah i can probably read this if i uh what i have 20 minutes yeah i can i can blast through this tweet book at the bookstore um so it was it the book felt like that a little bit where it was yeah and he was like this thing's gonna uh he was like super excited about it and i got excited about it. i'm like look whatever help you need shipping these things to people <laughs> it's like i'll work at night we'll figure out like extra time like overtime <clears throat> like when these orders start pouring in just let me know i'm on the team and then like he put the ad in the star and then he checks his P.O. box, nothing. Like, next day, nothing. Then, like, the, the third day, like, here's an, an order, like, with a check for $12. Like, here it, here we go. Here, <laughs> floodgates are open. Here it comes. The floodgates are officially open. And then, but then the next day, nothing. And they, these, they would trickle in for the next month. These orders would just one, none. Two, not and 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 then finally a month at the end of the month somebody sent him a letter just saying um <laughs> like we know your ad didn't work like one of those one of those letters that bad like that businesses send to people when they they see somebody like like we know you, we know your ad did not work here's how you should advertise for a thing like kind of like like a really kind of ghoulish thing that to send to somebody who just who just sunk so much money into this thing saying like yeah you you totally ate it and we're going to uh but this is where you could spend your money and have it work for you but then there were just boxes of these pamphlets and I told John that story and then I got him one of the pamphlets and he now has it on his mantle in his house he just has this pamphlet he, th he thinks it's the funniest thing ever is the pamphlet story <laughs> and because it's because me working at that music store was this era of like i was there i was there way too long yeah i was basically kind of saving money to 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 be able to uh, buy a house and start my adult life. So you, you were able to buy a house with money you made working at a sheet music store? Yeah. It's oh, a, my it's God. A very small house. It's the size <laughs> of a postage stamp. But it was a way to get a starter. It was a way to start my life, my, right. my married life. So I kind of had to just... It, it just, but it was definitely a taking it for the team kind of thing where it's just like, I don't want to be here anymore, but if I'm gonna get this, I need to just kind of, I, I would write all, I would write at night. It was like a second life. Yeah. I would just like work at the store all day, go home, eat dinner, do, you know, just, and then just like at like 11 o'clock at night, just start writing and just write and it was like juggling two lives at the same time to uh, to try to kind of take care of what I wanted my future to be, but I was still definitely stuck in this. We got to make money. Yeah, that that is the eternal 
challenge of sometimes this. I meet people who are like new comics and like, yeah, I have, a, I have a day job. Like, well, yeah, of course you do. You mm-hmm. live in New York and you got to buy food and yeah. stuff. And that's one of the things on your on your on your crowd work thing when people they say it. Am I in that they say it almost like a shame that they're expecting you to just like blast them for being at the beginning of a thing. It's yeah. like, well, no, everybody begins at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> like it just, where it, I've only been doing stand up for a year and uh, I still have a job and I'm trying. It's like they like they just expect you to just go, you loser. Really, you're not making enough to pay your rent doing the free shows at the bars. <laughs> Where they don't give you any money? Yeah. That's not enough money for you? <laughs> it's like that's just the reality of starting. Yeah. That's what I – in my pamphlet that I uh, – <laughs> In your pamphlet. I'm going to write to Worcester later and say that I that you stormed out when I brought up the pamphlet. That's funny. Yeah. Let's – like – Do you remember any of the advice in the pamphlet? And it, I, how thin <clears throat> was it? Was it really a pamphlet? Oh, it was very thin. It was um, – And how much did he sell it for? Like $12. Oh, my God. In the, this is like in the – 90s 12 dollars. that's that's, a, that's like a thousand dollars it is amazing how money like just doubles like the cost of like you hear things like like yeah that cost it it's 10 times as much as it cost 30 years ago like how does how do things move that <laughs> like that was like a dollar should be worth a penny now for the way things but like certain things like performing for example they'll be like well, we're going to pay you still what people in 1963 oh, got. Oh, definitely. There's still, yeah, there are times where I get paid less than I. And then there's times that I get such a crazy amount. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I didn't want to act like I'm this low-priced guy in case any bookers are listening. No, you got to pay up. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a case-by-case right. situation. Sometimes you'll get Todd at a at a, a a price commensurate to your <laughs> to your low rent venue I other do. times i amortize my price yes you just use commensurate so i used amortize to show the sliding scale <laughs> and sliding i'm like a like a therapist in new york what can you afford 20 bucks what can you afford can you imagine that to start off how much you're gonna get paid what do you, well what can you pay me it's, it's like the radio had pay what you will download except if you were already a multimillionaire yeah and you didn't have to and it was theoretical what people like you get to do a it's like a social experiment to see what like the idea radiohead put the thing it's like ooh, so interesting some people paid nothing and then other people paid more than they but uh, like no one else has that luxury right to initiate a social experiment with i do know other people have done it and they say people i think some People actually end up paying more overall when you average it out. Like a bunch of people download it, but then there's a bunch of people who give you more money mm-hmm. than like a $5 bill. Because they're – are they thinking of just the cheapskates out there? And I don't just... know. I mean there are people who like uh, – I've sold merch at my shows and there's people who try to give me a tip. Mm-hmm. It's like, here, keep it. It's like, well, thank you. Just give yeah. this to the waitress. Whoever yeah. waited on you, yeah. give this to them. <laughs> exactly. I have a set – yeah, <laughs> I have a set price for being here tonight. No, I'm not. I'm not the one wanting for money tonight. And then when they're walking to the waitress, I go, "Actually, you know, yeah, I'll go ahead and take that." <laughs> waitress doesn't have to know about this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Uh, I looked at your Wikipedia page. That is it lists you as a comedian. I clearly... what a slap in my face! I'm joking. Look, you are a comedian. I... Well, I, I think I would say I work in comedy. I feel like 
it, it, that is one thing that I always feel like it's like if you are like stand up is such a, a an it's the kind of thing where I think there are hard lines to stand up when and sometimes when people do like other versions of stand up but it's like but then you kind of where where they're either making fun of stand up yeah I get a little tired of that I mean there's some people who pulled it off but sometimes I just feel yeah. like you're not doing you're kind of not. You're just being a bad stand-up yourself. Yeah, I, and I, I do think there's people who do it and are really funny doing it. Yeah, but I, but I also there's that point where, I mean, like Neil Hamburger is just funny as Neil Hamburger right. now, where he's his own. But that's thing. sort of a fully realized yes character, and that's what you have to do with it to be able to, I think, make it worthwhile is be all in on it and be like, no, I'm not flinching on this thing, and I'm holding firm to this character. All the way down the line. Right. That's what makes that work. But when you get somebody who, when it feels like they're slumming is what I always feel for my, for my friends who are stand-ups like, yeah, they can't like that. That somebody's now just like, I'm a, like when the performance artist people started like being like, hey, we all do comedy. It's like, well, you do funny-ish performance art. Right. It's worse though when it went the other way around where there's comedians start doing performance art. <laughs> and I'm sure, well, that's true. I'm sure they must look at it as being like, well, look, I actually try to figure out large themes here. You took your act and then added a little thing up front and a little thing at the end to try to make it like it, like it to bookend right. just your regular act. But you actually, to bring it back to you. Oh, good. When you did your shows, those were actual shows. Like Icky yeah. was a, had a, had a beginning to end point to it, but it it and, and a and a and a story. It wasn't like you just said at the beginning, like you know, like oh, living in New York's crazy, and just like tell some story and then just do your act. Yeah, fifty five minutes. Then at the end, you tack on just like some, and then he died, and then <laughs> and then <laughs> then the old man died, and I watched him die. It was really sad. And then just like, well, no, that was, is that what those Edinburgh things, Edinburgh? Things yeah, Edinburgh, are like? yeah. Like people just kind of, kind of, just kind of shaking their act, trying to like restructure. Well, them. there's, there's that. And there's, uh, there's also like the critics who, you know, if you get a 20 year old, like someone criticized me for not having a through line or a unifi unifying yeah. theme in my, and mm -hmm. it's just like, well, if you've ever seen a stand up before. <laughs> Yeah, some of them have a unifying theme, but the, yeah. some of them just bounce from joke to joke. And yeah, I would think the unifying theme would be comedy. <laughs> it would be that the, there are laughs in all of the yeah. things I said. Yeah, I mean, if there's a unifying theme and you can pull it off, why not? But uh, I also think you're talking about we're talking about performance art. I think performance art was something that people that became like just because in the same way, some people think, "Oh, I hate comedians." There mm -hmm. was, I think there's probably good performance art in. Oh, there definitely. And, there's there's always like, well, we also you being here and seeing when like the Upright Citizens Brigade showed up, it's like what I thought improv was would have been the worst thing ever, and then it's like, oh no, that's good improv that yeah. they're doing. So there, it just seems like there's most likely there's a good and bad version of every yeah medium it seems like comedy that was the thing that uh, i mean i overheard i was at a coffee shop the other day and i, was, and I heard a, one of the baristas there he's like i'm really i'm really particular about my stand-up comedy it's like what about like music or uh -huh. food well i guess i guess i guess i could see 
I probably have a wide range in some areas. Mm-hmm. So I'm more going to apologize to this anonymous barista. <laughs> but some people act like comedy is just like there's this, oh, my God, most comedians are terrible. It's like, yeah, just like most movies are terrible and most paintings, I'm sure, are yeah. terrible. And- it's weird when people get so mad about that things that aren't for them exist. Yeah. Where they're just like. Like just like fury, like like furious about like Larry the Cable Guy. Where it's yeah. like it's like it's like no, well it's not for you. It's right. for other people. Other people love it. You don't. It's like that. Just do you find you let go of those things as you got all well, as you got older? Like you, I know Larry the Cable. I started with Larry yeah. the Cable Guy. Sure, believe it or not. Um, yeah, I've I've never been like. I mean, there's certainly been like, oh, I hate that comedian, or you know, shit talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're sitting across from a friend at a, mm-hmm. at a diner or something, or a fancy or a bistro. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh. but I just like people who just try to come up to me like, and they'll be like, they'll name a comic, and I'm sure you could guess some of the names. They'll come up and they're like, hey, you don't like him, do you? I go, I don't have a problem with him. Like, no, really, you don't like him. You tell yeah. me what I don't like. Yeah, him? it's like <laughs> just. Like they try to establish credibility by picking on the guy that everyone's picking on. Yeah, where it's where it just. I mean, it's like look when Larry the Cable Guy was on like <clears throat> talk shows and stuff. It's like that's like old showbiz in a in a good way. I find it like he goes on, he just does joke after joke, yeah. and it's like even if they're not for me, it's like the idea that a guy goes on and just like pushes with joke, like he's not he's unrelenting with it, and there's something so like charming about a guy right. not going on trying to be anything other than his character and he just and everything is a joke it's like look even if i don't these jokes aren't killing me I, there's he's, he's doing a show though he is yeah. actually he's yeah it's not like a lazy like mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. exactly i'm he, above doing this he's yeah yeah he's going on he's doing his thing and he's pushing so hard and that that actually makes me laugh when people don't when the, when they're when they're doing their thing and they're just it's like a full press and they just like everything nothing doesn't lead back to a joke like he doesn't say anything that isn't a right isn't character based so yeah i i it's it's and look i say that as somebody who uh, i get twisted about plenty of things but yeah i also don't i don't like let it haunt me anymore like i used to like like i'm not questioning fairness and unfairness of like the universe because somebody's successful and it's like uh people pick on that band was it nickelback like that's everyone's yeah it's like i don't think when are you exposed to nickelback like i i think i've heard two of their songs yeah twice you hear it if like you're not like i'm walking around i can't get away from nickelback maybe you're going to buy jeans you'll hear nickelback (laughs) it's like you're gonna gonna be all right if you hate them you'll it's gonna be okay and it's just like i hate that guy so much it's like Really? You just like, you might have, like, that's when it's kind of like, well, you know, there's charity work you could be out there doing and like, go <laughs> go work at a soup kitchen for a little bit where you're just like, like, I watched all their videos. Like, I hate that guy from Nickelback. Did you see the, the interview he did on this thing? It's like, no, I didn't see any of that because I'm doing <laughs> like I don't care about him. I don't like it, and I'm just so I move on. Yeah, it's pretty easy to not have to experience music <laughs> that you don't yeah. like. Like people become students of the person that they don't like. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, that's a good way of putting it. Um, have you? Are you doing any more music videos? I watched a couple of them today. 
that real estate one was really good. And, oh, and the thank uh, you. and the Amy Mann one was really good. Yeah, thank you. Those were uh, those are fun. I don't think I am for a little bit. I feel like if it's like the if it there there there's no money in them at all, <laughs> and it's hard to just keep asking everyone to be like. Doesn't the record company pay you anything? But they don't have any money either. Right. Just, and and I get caught up, and it's like I want the thing to look as good as possible and so i end up i end up looking at those things as like that's like me going to film school a little, a little bit. calling card kind of situation yeah where it's like and i just get uh what they call camera time in yeah. the in the it's practice in the biz it's learning yeah. it's learning so i get to do that stuff i didn't i didn't go to film school or anything like that so if i get to work with a um, higher caliber uh in a higher caliber work environment, it's like that's a better version of film school than to like have to go ask other students to be in your thing and yeah, and it's just like no, I'm I'm lucky enough to get to work with actually talented people and good crew people and a real band and but but that said, it's hard to just always want to do that and rally to go do another one of those when everybody's like when you have to basically say, well, you work for free. And, yeah, and or, I need four hundred extras who will work for free. Yeah, and then just asking everyone, "Will you come? Hey, come on out to, come on out to uh, to Washington Square Park. It's the nineteen. Uh, come out to the nineteenth stop on the Q train. Yes, it's like, twelve degrees out. It, yeah. We'll just be there eleven hours. Yeah, we're out in Red Hook. Everyone's gonna have their shirts off because that's kind of the joke we're doing. <laughs> and it's just like be there at two on a. On a Wednesday, two in the afternoon, and it's winter, and it's so come on out, and you can watch me direct, and I'll and uh, I'll say hi to you, <laughs> like that's. I was in one of your videos in that new pornographer's one. Yeah, you were in. Uh, I was the record. I was the other music clerk. That's right. That was the first. I think they thing gave me. Showed. Did they give me a T-shirt? I think they did. I'm pretty sure. Some, I have another music T-shirt. That's probably where you got it. Oh, speaking of T-shirts, when I was doing my European tour, I saw a guy mm -hmm. with an FMU uh, shirt either in, in I think, Amsterdam. Okay. Sitting in, like, third row. Those things get out there. Holy yeah. shit, we haven't even talked about the best show yet. No. Oh, my God. The preamble. This is oh, all... my God. This is the warm-up. This might have to be a six-parter, my first six-parter. This is like those Orson Welles tapes that... Peter Bogdanovich did, where it's just hours of him just blathering on about every aspect of everything. So you're starting up the best show again? We are, yes. Can you tell me about everything? Sure. All right. Um, well, it ended last December, uh -huh. and so this year was kind of me, I was trying to figure out if there was like a home for the show where it would be like my my dream would have been if like some like like prince charming type came opportunity came along with just like come join this thing and we'll do everything for you and you just do the show and then we'll pay you and all the and, but those things never materialized the way i had hoped or or was wondering if they would um some people made there were people who very flatteringly made real proposals for things and some of them were public radio and you know they have all the infrastructure in the world for the for that but yeah. i just still did not feel like 
content wise that it was the best yeah they would censor you a little bit and it feels yeah i I was not even worried about the the people who i was dealing with were fantastic and they were just like no we love the show we get it that's what we want but it's it's not that person i was worried about i was worried about like the 60 year old dude two notches up the ladder who i haven't met who's just going to finally hear this like eight months after i start and be like what no this is not our brand right and uh, then the notes start to come. You want to be left alone, basically. I, you know, which you, is what we all want. Exactly. I, I feel like <clears throat> doing the show for thirteen years, I have earned the right to say this is the show. Hell yeah! And the only way to to get to that place is to ultimately do it yourself, because then you're beholden to no one and. Other podcast networks had offered about coming on board with yeah, their thing. Yeah, I would but, think so. And that's like the content would be perfect for that, but they did not have the infrastructure with things. So it's it was like if I'm going to have to do this myself, then I might as well just do it myself. By infrastructure, you mean like a studio? Like you a, can st- use- a studio and have the website built that can stream the show live. Because I want it's not going to be a podcast. It's going to be the same exact right. show. It's going to be live phone calls the whole i wanted to do that show but just not have it be over terrestrial radio so that's that's true it would be hard to do the phone calls if it wasn't live yes because then you're asking people to <laughs> just call this number at nine o'clock that was one of the most brilliant things i've ever said you're not gonna know what we're talking about it <laughs> just here it's like it's, it's like put this blindfold on Although some of your callers do seem like oh. they're calling in the middle of the <laughs> Yes. They, feel like... they don't know what's going on. But... Yeah, the times I've done it, I, I always enjoy listening to the calls. Just kind of like, hey, hey, Tom. That's my favorite part of it are the calls. Just... I feel like that's the – there's got to be – I would think that would be my favorite and least favorite because you just – but they you screen them fairly well. We do a very light screening that my, Mike is doing the screening, and Mike is basically just making sure people are not going to call up and like – curse yeah and scream at me and he but he just tries to keep he he does guide them i can hear him because i do the show i'll have one ear has the headphones on and the other one had my left ear i would not have my headphones on so i can hear him kind of just keep a keep i can hear him screening calls and kind of get a feel for who he's talking to and i'll hear him sometimes be like This is the fifth time you've called tonight. You know, you really got to stop. Like, I'll just know somebody's bugging him out there. Or I'll hear him guiding the thing like, well, you got to have something to talk about. You can't just call up and say, what's going on? How's it going? But, um, yeah, I wanted that to be a part of it because I I really do like it. It's like going – because the show's never – like, if I had to write down what I think the show's going to be at the beginning of it, it's never what it – turned out to be at the end yeah i mean and you know what that's like with the crowd work stuff that's the most yeah exciting part it's, of yeah, it's not knowing what yeah I, I know what you're talking about you know we're both comedians we're <laughs> both stand-up comics yeah we're both stand-ups oh, i do I my i believe you said you're a comedian i do my stand-up from a room alone <laughs> so how are you gonna do how is it what's how, what's the new show gonna be where's um, it gonna be it's we've been um we're just doing it ourselves building the website building a studio doing all these things it's going to be advertising based no no uh paywall or subscriptions just for everybody to, i wanted everybody to be able to hear it that's 
that's always so frustrating to me, like shows where you can't just hear it. And I always wonder for people doing those shows, it's like you're cutting off the potential of so many people oh, coming by on charging board. them. Or? Yeah. By just having like, even with like serious, it's like, I, I mean, where those things were like, do you remember like when Howard Stern was on like K rock and it's like, yeah. everybody talk. It was like, yeah. it was like an electric charge running through. Like, we're just like, he like this person was on, or he said this, or he started doing that. And it's like, but then when it went to serious, it's like, that's, that kind of stopped. Like, cause not everybody could just hear it from. Yeah. Especially every... in New York. I don't think a lot of people, I think that's much more of a driving around thing. Maybe I'm wrong. I think, yeah, it, I th but it, but you would just, people would be in an office, and I think they'd have it on. And I used to listen when I f first had a day job here, and I would just, I remember listening to Stern and just have it quietly on this little radio, and just be, I'd just in the middle of it, I'd be crying, like I'd be stuffing these envelopes, oh. and I'd be like, yeah. just laughing hysterically, at least once every, but yeah, I know what you're saying. And it would be that end of the show when they were just loose and just goofing around, and like that to me... When I, I would sometimes, when I was going to school, I was I went to a community college. I would sit in the parking lot and it would just be like torn to like, I want to keep hearing this, but I have to go to this class, which probably maybe shows why I was at a community college that a radio show could <laughs> dissuade me from going to learn. I'd be like, eh, I think I'm just going to sit and hear this for Not a while. Not going to my uh, British lit class. I'm going to listen. Stern's talking to a, um, a midget stripper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, um, but that's, I didn't want that. I, I love the idea of it just being like available to everybody and we'll just have some, some advertising on it. And it, it's all those pieces are in place. And so do you have like, you must have a serious producer. Cause I wouldn't want to do any of that shit if I was, if it were mm -hmm. my show, but maybe Oh, there's there's people on board with stuff. Yeah, it's like um, Brendan McDonald has been helping so much with stuff. Do you know Brendan? He's Mar he's Mark's uh, partner on on WTF. I think I know him. I think I I would know he's him. He's here. He lives here. Yeah, no, not literally here. I know. I was a, that was I was going to make a bad joke. What? He's my roommate. Yeah, that would have been a killer joke to make. Just uh, no. I probably I think I know who he is. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a, he's been advising and and helping with all sorts of stuff. And then the advertising will kind of. There's people who will just I'll just plug into their their uh, company with that. And but I'm doing so much of it myself. I'm really just I'm buying all the stuff myself. And you know, we didn't do a Kickstarter or anything like that. It's How just, do you feel about Kickstarters? Do you have any opinion about them? Um, I, I think it's like a case by case thing. It's like sometimes it's like if there's a thing and it, and there's a, and you need funding for it and it's a valid thing. And then it's a good way to just reach the people who would be interested in being a part of that thing. I think yeah. that's great because then you can make things that don't, that might not otherwise exist happen then but when sometimes you see a band when they're like hey we want to put our record out we're a five-piece band we need two thousand dollars it's like well that's 400 each yeah for I, you guys. I, I saw i mean i've seen bands with going to go on tour for yeah. like and it's like a, for less than two thousand you're like mm -hmm. there's six of you exactly it's like yeah. ask for a couple hours extra at work or call call your dad you gotta put, <laughs> at some point or he's probably in the next room so ask <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> like when he sends you that check for your for your rent, ask him if he can tack three hundred bucks on more for your tour. Yeah, say, like, Dad, can I? We're, we're, you know, I'm going to do this tour with or without you. <laughs> your your blessing. So, do you have a thousand dollars, and we'll pay you back? But There's, yeah, at some point you have to. You kind of have to put your money where your mouth is on your art or whatever you want to call it, where you you have to be, you have to just be either you're in or you're out and you kind of can't have people subsidize it so that you're safe at every Well, it just seems turn. to me it's become to this go-to like, hey, what is it? Oh, we don't have to figure out how to raise money. Yeah. Just, uh, well, just we'll kind of beg a little bit. Yeah. And I, I, and look, I'm coming from a thing where I was at a radio station where we begged every year for people yeah. to, so I, but that's how that place was set up. I, I. I did not enjoy that, but that's just the way that public, like non-commercial radio exists. Yeah. So that that place would not exist. WFMU would not exist without that. So I'm not trying to be hypocritical about it. I understand the idea of reaching people who want to support a thing so it exists. But sometimes you do just you take more pride of ownership when you're like, yeah, I'm kind of investing in myself. Right. Here. I saved a little money up. Yeah, I almost like. I mean, I almost. I'm less. I mean, it's just the quantity of the like every week. So, hey, man, this is product project. I'm really passionate about. Mm -hmm. oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Like, like you know, donate or tweet. And like, I can't tweet about every Kickstarter. <laughs> that, I just can't yeah, do it. I don't. I mean, I could. I mm -hmm. just don't want to. Yeah, that would be. A... But I almost think like I I understand a Kickstarter more when it's like I need a million dollars to make this movie idea, whereas opposed to like I need thirty five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that I could probably just get an advance on a credit card. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like, I'm not trying to like, like crap on kids and like, and just be like, cause look, it's not, it's not easy being in your twenties, but it's also, there are advantages to being in your twenties that you maybe don't realize you have while you're in your twenties. Like that's the folly of like aging and stuff. You realize how good you, how much safer you were in a way that you could just do stuff and not worry about what happened because you're in your 20s. It's right. like there's a lot more life to go and you'll be okay even if you like totally turf out on a thing and it's a disaster. It's like at least you tried. Yeah. And next year you can do another thing and nobody will remember the previous thing. I should point out in this discussion that if anyone wants to donate to Feral Audio's podcasts, <laughs> as in the middle, it's like, oh my God, wait, I, I do a podcast where people can donate. But I, I always say donate to the other podcasts. Sure. I think I made $6 in donations. I, I would, I mean, I donate to the other podcasts. Well, you're doing this for other So I'm reasons. not a hypocrite. What? You're doing this for. This is a passion project for me. It's a passion. It's, it's. <laughs> Of passion projects where you're you're just you're curious about just about the human condition <laughs> <laughs> and you want to hear other people talk i'm one of the great interviewers and so when does it start i hope in a couple weeks really yeah we're we've Holy been going shit. at it yeah it's it's getting there we're, it will happen before uh december ends it will it will happen sometime in december we're yeah. that's nice yeah that's nice that's my that's really deep no that's that's sweet well, and there's you. gonna be a website or is that already active well it's it's the best show.net is where everything's gonna kind of 
That's cool. Come out of. Yeah. I meet best show fans all over the world. Like people like oh, I listen to you on Tom Sharpling, and that's uh, that's it's, a foreign accent. I just yeah. did. This goes a little. Do you ever? Um, I thought I was in another country for a well, second. I know. I was like, oh my god. I was like, wait. I, suddenly, I'm in. Am I in Helsinki? I'm in a a Moroccan bazaar. <laughs> <laughs> How am I in this market? His accent work is so amazing. Yeah. There's an FMU uh, perk I got right there, sitting right there. Yeah. Look at okay. that. That worked out perfectly. That's now you nice. know that at least one time I donated. Yes. You. The, um... <laughs> but yeah, no, the station, it's crazy how the show, because when I started the show, it was like, I I grew up listening to WFMU, living in this area, living in New Jersey, and... And it was the kind of thing you listen to, like you'd turn your radio on and listen to. So it felt like it was a station for New Jersey. Uh-huh. And then it, then when it got on the web, suddenly it just like gr- kept growing and growing. And then I remember when like, because I had started doing a music show there for a few years and then then came, took a couple of years off and then came back and did it as the best show and John and... Worcester and I were going to do it every week, do calls every week. And, and I just remember like when some dudes in Toronto were just like, Hey, we love the show. And suddenly it's just like these reaching these people in places that, that were not what I thought the station was, was crazy. And then, then all of a sudden you have a guy in Sweden being like, like, I, I love the show and just the reaching. And it's like, it's, Oh, suddenly it's a worldwide thing. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. When I, I've been to Australia, and people are like, oh yeah, I listen to Mark Maron's podcast. I listen to all these all these comedy podcasts, and you're just like, how do you even know about them? But that's such a dumb thing. I just said, of course they know, because that's you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Like, man, did, uh, I'm digging myself in a hole. Uh, <laughs> I'm digging myself in a hole. Then I point out, then I'm digging myself in a hole, and it makes it even worse. Are you going to do any live? Uh, um, we will do some, we're going to do some stuff. It's something John and I've always wanted to do, but. Cause I think you guys could draw. I think so. I think we've built do a few 800 seaters. Mm-hmm. 800. I thought we would kind of start at, uh. 10,000. <laughs> I thought we'd start at the beacon. <laughs> Early show, late show. <laughs> it's 730, 1030. Rush them out. <laughs> ID only. Can't. No, this, no. This is a union, t- uh, this is a union run hall. So, uh. We got to be off at nine thirty sharp, or it costs us seventy five thousand dollars. What is that like when you guys are when you're doing like when you're like doing opening for Louie and those shows? When you is that fifteen minutes? Um, it depends with Louie. I mean, I literally, literally, it depends on how much he wants to do and whether there's two shows. Mm-hmm. But usually ten. But I've done like okay. I did. I went to the Kennedy Center. Okay. I and did five minutes. Okay. I mean, I flew on a private jet <laughs> and stayed in a ridiculous mm-hmm. hotel room. And what to do? And I did five minutes. And is it just, is that almost as math at this point for you of just knowing it's like this plus this equals five minutes? Um, That's, uh, yeah, it's weird because you don't want, I don't, I didn't, sometimes he would just go right before. Who's the interviewer here? <laughs> you know, I, no. I see where you just you gotta you gotta let it go for a little bit and let be a, be a guest the um he would sometimes tell me like you know right before i went on they want just do five okay i mean you know he's not sitting there with a clock and if yeah. i did seven he's gonna take me aside or anything yeah but but 
at this point, you have your own clock. Yeah, and I probably would just look at my watch, which mm-hmm. is a weird thing to do when you're doing five minutes. But <laughs> it seems like you're you somewhere else. <laughs> to like, be. Just, you might as well just look at your watch the whole time. Yeah, make it part of the bit. <laughs> I make it. <laughs> but yeah, so but, but yeah, the, we are going to do stuff because we we have a this box set coming out that oh, John man. and I have been working on all year. Do you like doing live stuff? Are you comfortable with it? It's not my favorite thing, but I've gotten. Um, I think I've gotten more comfortable with it and I'm, I'm also, you know, we're not doing something, we're not road guys going out trying to prove our thing to people who don't know who we are. It's like, no, we'll do our thing in front of people who are already on board. You know, you do a half hour of questions. Yeah. The kid, the classic Q and a classic filler. You show up, we'll show four episodes of our TV show, <laughs> and then we'll have a Q&A afterwards. It's like, oh, wow, you guys uh, wrote nothing for this show. <laughs> and I say that as someone who likes going to those things. You made 100 grand last year just in Q&A, so I happen <laughs> so, to know that. I have yeah. these numbers in front of me. But uh, we'll, we it, – because it, that's that thing where it's like – that's one of the things that that has kind of grown that I've seen grown as a fan of comedy where the idea of there just being these safe havens and you can just reach your people and you don't have to worry about just it's it's not just a a sandwich board outside a thing that just says comedy on it and then we're up there trying to win them over with some character right they already like you they're going to be they're going to freak out when you walk out. They're there to see us do what we do. See, that's the type do. of tour where you could – you and John, and mm-hmm. you know he's a seasoned road guy. He'll teach sure. all the tricks. Sure. Then, uh, you know, like in each town, you could have a couple of guests or one guest. Mm-hmm. Pad it out. Yeah, not necessarily – you know, they could perform. They could – you know, whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm taking – I'm directing this show. Okay. You're on board. But uh, no, it sounds like – and you, it'd be fun. I think it will be fun because – Doing this, this like this box set was like weird because we always had to do a show every week, and it was always like you do the show Tuesday night. We would write these the calls and then just start writing the next one. Like you you know do the show on Tuesday. We're writing the next one on Thursday, and like never going back and like looking back at what the never listening to the previous week's call because there's another show coming and. Doing that box was the first time we both ever went and really like looked back at all the stuff we had done for 13 years. I mean, there were there were 700 something calls over oh the God. course. So of you listened to everything? We didn't listen to everything. Uh, there's a guy, uh, <laughs> Rob Meish, who's been like an archivist, I guess is the best way to call it, of the show, and he 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 was a producer on the box and just helped be like. Like, we can say goodbye to this. Like, here's 300 to not even have to listen to. Right, and you – see, that's – yeah. And you trusted him to know that they were shit. Because he had been doing reviews of the show week by week. and I think I've read here – I think I've read his reviews. He wrote some pretty elaborate reviews of the show. So there are ways to just track what what the the things we remembered working. So now it's – we went into the past – and did that, and then now I think we want to go and try to do the, the show will come back, and then we'll try to do a new thing like live stuff too, just like to add that in as a. Do you think you'd ever new... do a live show, like a live version of the? See, I like on that's... location at a car dealership I'm or something. I'm so, <laughs> I'm, you know, that's been a thing that's like 
been a, an, a possibility for years, and I've I've always I always feel like it's just boring. Like radio moves at its own rate. Yeah, and like it just has to be a different thing if you're going to do it live. And I don't know how to fill three hours worth of a different thing yeah. to that because th- like if you like when like when Mark does his shows or you've done live things, it's just like. The live version of the thing, it's, it's like a little punchier. Yeah, you have six guests on, not one. And so, but that's an hour. But to have to now figure two more hours yeah, out, you're it would probably be the most right. Exhausting night. It's like when people say, hey, the radio, we love, like the radio show, um, why don't you animate? like animate those things it's like it'd be boring it's like it's like a cartoons move 500 miles an hour it's like we're moving 10 miles an hour on this thing why don't you animate that 30 minute call you had with that guy <laughs> and it's just like it was 10 minutes where he, he keep, wasn't saying anything and then you keep cutting back to that animation of the one guy just sitting in a chair talking to the other guy it's like yeah so that's been the challenge is always I think you have to realize what works and doesn't work in every particular field. And right, have you met a lot of the callers? I mean, do they ever, they must have come up to you at some point? Although, yeah, yeah. I'm run into people. It's it's always everybody's always nice. That's yeah. That's the other good thing about it's. It seems like generally people are just cool with stuff. If if you're doing this kind of comedy, it's not like. I'm not like courting like like massive amounts of like negativity. It's not like you know, like you hear like the way like Opie and Anthony was in the past, and it's like, and that audience is just like they come back at them with just as much negativity. It's just like, yeah, well, that's the cycle now. It's right. like you're pushing them to be negative, and it's so you can't be surprised when they're negative. It's like, but everybody's kind of cool in this. On the whole, I think, but I, I think when you're face to face with people, I'd be, I could not imagine people acting the way they act at their worst online when they're face to face. No, like, that, I think they're they're at their strongest when they're sitting alone on a Saturday night and just <laughs> with an account that has an egg, <laughs> with an egg picture. and one follower. <laughs> so that is always the one where it's like you look at your feed and if somebody just writes something shitty to you and then you're just like click on a thing three three posts <laughs> like like they've tweeted three times two of them are nasty things to two other people <laughs> and right, it's comedy like people yeah oh you're doing that account okay and then you see that like yeah when you look on someone's i've that's definitely diffused a lot of like hostility i've had towards someone who writes something shitty to me where you, you just got oh this is what you do all day you just yeah. you just write to people all day okay i got it see you I've gotten better at handling that stuff too because it's also like I know there's things I don't like out there. I I have ways of expressing the things I don't like. This is maybe the only way that this person can express it. They don't have other the channels that I have to do it. So I might not like it, but I can't get too twisted about. Right. And we that. also did choose to have Twitter accounts. That's true also. There's plenty of people it's like, "Hey, where's the do you ever think like it's like, hey, Paul Thomas Anderson, not on Twitter, makes the greatest movies ever? Yeah, I always like, admire the people who yeah, don't. Will Ferrell, like funniest dude going, not on Twitter. It's like, just like, oh, maybe there's a pattern there that the people doing major things aren't on Twitter, and everybody else is in this middle section. Yeah, 
I mean, there are people who, uh, yeah. Not to say that you're not one of the all-time greats. I, I, I mean, know that. Tail at Taylor Swift is on Twitter, so that <laughs> shoots down your whole fucking theory. She's yeah. Shooting. But she pulled her music off Spotify. I thought that was actually kind of cool that she did that. I loved it. I think that's great. I think it's, any Spotify. I'm not on Spotify. Like, you know, you meet someone and just like, I'm not on Facebook. Like, I didn't do it. It's like, yeah. okay, well, that's how did you not? How did you get away with not doing that? But it's like, I think Spotify is my thing like that. I just never went to it and didn't try it. Just never opened that door. But like when you when people I would sometimes see like our things on playlists and stuff. It's like, well, those are from our CDs, and we're trying to sell those. Oh, and it's on on Spotify. Yeah, and it's like we didn't we didn't say put. Oh, stuff really? Up. Someone, yeah, really. But somebody, there must be some digital deal we had with oh, right. somebody where they did it, and then we have to go undo it. Yeah, it's those contracts. I've gotten contracts for like recording stuff, and you're like, oh, this is forty five pages. I'm yeah. just going to trust that this is. Mm-hmm. That's a, it has to be some version of that. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like those old blues musicians who got ripped off. Yeah, I am. That's all I know about that situation. Now I feel like one of those blues music. Now I know how Sonny Boy Williamson felt. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would see the day. I should point out my stuff is on Spotify. Click away. I get $3 for every click. <laughs> you negotiated, <laughs> I negotiated the highest rate Everyone on complains Spotify. about Spotify. I, I make... I made like $3 million just last week on clicks. Yeah. What if you just came back? You're like, yeah, I just, this is my rate. Take it or leave it. And yeah. just, I just saw what she did was cool. Nothing really against Spotify. Just that she's like, I want to sell. I want people to buy my album. Sure. And, like, and you can like, why not do that if you can do that? Absolutely. I'm all for people taking ownership of their, of their, uh, their stuff and not feeling like, Hey, it's what you got to do. That's how yeah. it is. Like, well, maybe I'm saying she's already got seven houses. So I mean, yeah, that is. I want to see that apartment. Could you imagine that Tribeca apartment of hers? Four, I think it's like four thousand square feet or something. Unbelievable. I only have thirty nine ninety square feet. I know she 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 one upped you. It's like it's like the when a when like the Sears Tower will be like. A foot higher than another. And then they had like a little fucking antenna on yeah. top. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah. That was the Todd Barry Taylor Swift apartment <laughs> <laughs> battle. The um, do you still are you doing any more uh, pilots or screenplays? Um, I will. I just I there was a. I decided that I kind of have to be all in on the radio thing. Yeah. For the, I want to do it yeah. right. And I passed on a job that I really did want to take. So because I think it just comes down to, I don't want to half ass this. Right. Like you, you go, th- I went 13 years doing this thing for, for ostensibly for free on a non-commercial station. And now finally, like going for it, and then it's going to be at the last second. I'm going to be like, "Well, I'm going to take this job, and then I'm going to the show's going to be on the back burner." Especially because you just you're restarting it. Is that yeah, the, yeah. So I mean, you don't want to be like, yeah, exactly. I just want to do it right, and I feel like I owe. Can I, I have the job that you passed on, though? <laughs> sure. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's writing for Ashton Kusher. Exactly. It's his new. <laughs> it's a new extreme prank show. It makes punk to look like uh. Like a uh, candid camera. So I listened to that last episode you did. Mm-hmm. And so you must have always known you were coming back then. 
I think you can hear it. I know I said that we're not done and things. Right. I felt that we I I I did not feel like we had done everything we wanted to do with the show and uh, that I did for me personally. It's like it's that thing where it's like I think I figured the one th- thing out that I like doing that I think I can do well. Right. And it's like why am I going to not try to figure out how to make this work somewhere? else in some other form but i also didn't want that final show to be like a commercial for this next thing to be like no, i thought you uh you held it together because when i was listening i was like oh man i think i would i would lose it i got i got a little yeah, you, choked up a couple times during it but, but then you still you held it together yeah and it was funny because as i'm, I'm saying the stuff in the final thing i think the thing that like i talked to people about it and they were like this made me I got choked up during the like a lot of people got got like it hit them when John came on the show as himself, which he never did. Like yeah. the final show, it was me and John talking as John as John, and that, that like some people couldn't handle. Like that's when they knew it was like, oh, they don't do that. This is this is different now. It's really different. Like he's it's like they're they're locking the doors on this thing. Um. Mm-hmm. But the thing, all of a sudden, doing the show, saying, hey, everybody, uh, you know, like it, like feeling it. And then just the next DJ comes in with his record. Like, like, oh, that's the reality of this place. It's like, right. no, this is like time. He's like pointing to his watch. <laughs> yeah, he's almost just, it just he was like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> just the reality of it kind of um, set in. And it's like, I knew we weren't done. We were just done with that. That show was done. But I'm not retired or anything. Right. It was no, just, of course not. And you can't start a new thing without stopping the other thing too. It's like I couldn't do both simultaneously. So, so uh, just to sum up, sum up. They, yeah, I thought we were just getting started no, we've, here. We've been doing this like an hour. Oh wow, this is. I like to keep it to a, about an hour. A brisk. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's a classic leaving leave them wanting more than more situation. <laughs> Where <laughs> what is the it's uh the best show dot net yes. or, or best show dot the net. best show dot net. Did you think of registering like eight different uh, incarnations of that so people always find it? Well, now I did. Now, I did. now I'm gonna be. No, I'm gonna I'm jumping on them as soon as you leave. The laptop I'm gonna here, cyber own. squat them. Sorry, man. Yeah. Business is business. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> cool. Cool. Five hundred dollars. You got it. That is always the funniest thing we see. Like, well, Bruce Springsteen has BruceSpringsteen.net. So there's just some yeah. dick who has Bruce Springsteen. No, probably some guy in like, who knows, like, another country. Yeah. But that they could. But at this point, what's BruceSpringsteen.com worth now? Because he's like, right. it's not like. It's like, screw you. No, like, I'm, I'm... Bruce, I couldn't find any online presence for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, like, didn't, I, didn't, I went to BruceSpringsteen.com. It said, you know, this has been parked. And uh, I, I, yeah. you know, I moved on to another person. Moved I, on to ToddBerry.com. Thank I know, you. Yeah. I know he's playing. <laughs> I wish I could find these tour dates. But you know what? There's probably his... He's probably going, oh, fuck, I can't believe I don't have a fucking Bruce Springsteen.com. Yeah. Or <laughs> how big do you have to be? To, to, to... Or the guy with Bruce Springsteen.com must check, like, call everyone to say, like, uh, like, like the power balance probably shifted to where it's like, we're not buying it from you. He's like, okay, fine. It's like a hostage situation, like a, like a kidnapping thing where he's just like, okay, fine. Uh, then what if, uh, I know he said three million, two million. 
He's all, all salty for two minutes. Like, no, we're not buying. Okay. <laughs> oh, Prices one... are slashed. <laughs> yeah, um, $2,000 out the door. Yeah. All right, fine. Three, 300 grand and BruceSpringsteen.com is yours. Yeah, I think Brad Pitt actually somehow sued internationally. I think there was a guy like in India or something mm-hmm. who had BradPitt.com and they, they were able to go, you're probably not Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting to the point where those URLs do run out where I know I got to keep checking mine. Like the wedding like people with like where it's like it's like you know Brian and Karen.com. It's like well there's got to be two other Brian and Karen like Brian and Karen wedding.com. It's like there's how many Brian and Karens are getting married every day like just that, like that should be a Tumblr. That shouldn't be. A, yeah. You don't want to start paying $10 a year. You have to let you have to say if I if we are Brian and Karen, we are going to let that lapse and let let the next Brian and Karen pick that URL up. Like we're not gonna we're not just gonna keep renewing it and then just sitting on it <laughs> for it's eternity. A memento of their wedding. Yes, that web the they can always go back and look at the directions to the <laughs> to the to the hall and the registry, their target registry. <laughs> can you register a target? I'd fucking register I think a target. So. Yeah, just like, hey, I need these, uh, these I want paper towels. <laughs> I want paper towels. I want Oreo cookies. You know, <laughs> huge want... things of uh, Oreo cookies and paper towels. I want headphone headphones and um... wet naps. I want some wet naps. <laughs> yes, I want these. Yeah, and you'd also be like, uh, I think uh, you know, Captain America two on Blu-ray. <laughs> I want that. Just like. Hey, is this really, is really wedding gifts, or are we just buying them something they just want? This like <laughs> stuff. I do like the wedding registry. It's just like, how much do I want to spend? There it is. Boom, we're done. <laughs> it's, yeah. When you and when you're late to one, well, you're like, oh, I didn't get them that wedding gift yet. You go and it's just like, do they even want? Are they really going to want this colander now? <laughs> like to show up six months later? That's <laughs> just like, oh, that was like the last thing we picked. And it's like, because it's just like the scraps of, <laughs> it's like a store that's going out of business. I think I, I bought just, someone like a steam. I think I bought Carl Newman, uh, like a, one of the gifts was a steamer. Well, I didn't get invited to that But it was an expensive steamer. Oh. I was not invited <laughs> to that wedding. That was, uh, Jason Wallner keeps buying these Oreo cookies on eBay. And, and not eBay, Amazon. Yeah. eBay would be scared. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't yeah, yeah, eBay cookies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm going I'm to make my own cookies. But he keeps buying like Amazon. He buys like cases of like special flavored Oreos. Really? I think it's like a cry for help. Doesn't he? Um, I'm sure he could buy those where he lives, right? I don't think he can find the ones he wants. He he likes these Reese's <laughs> peanut butter cup Oreos. Oh man, I cannot wait to send him a text. <laughs> I about do. that. Also, I think his wedding's got a, a website, so we'll have to check that out. Another wedding I'm not invited to. No, Seriously? I'm, I'm invited to that All right, one. we'll see you there. I, th- I think I'm on the the big list. I think they might do some pairing down, depending <laughs> if, like, some higher caliber people. Like, if he meets someone better, he's just like, I'm really hanging out. Like, Kevin James is uh, getting to be tight with this guy. Johnny Depp, uh, I ran into him recently. I don't I, this, It's either him or you. Sorry. He understands. Yeah, I got a balance. It's like, it's like Facebook when you hit that 5,000 friend I know, mark. I got, him, I got him backlogged. How did Facebook not say, like, all right, 
seven thousand. Like how at any point they haven't. Yeah, I didn't understand it because it's like is the idea that that's the the amount of actual friends I have? Because it's like it's like look, it's unrealistic to think you'd have seven thousand friends, Todd. Five thousand <laughs> friends is a realistic number. That's we don't like, we don't want these other people saying they're your. Who friends. doesn't have five thousand friends? <laughs> Well, Tom, thanks for doing this, and um, go to thebestshow.net. You think yes. it'll be in a uh, couple weeks, hopefully. And, of course, Sharpling. At Sharpling. At Sharpling. On Twitter. On Twitter. Uh, Sharpling.com. All these things. It's like a... Uh, friendsoftom.com? Friendsoftom.com. You'd almost think that it costs nothing to buy a <laughs> domain You'd think name. it's like seven ninety five to get a domain name. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Oh, thank you, Todd. I appreciate it. And thanks to everyone who's listening or listened. And uh, we'll see you next week, probably, right? Bye, everyone. Feral Audio. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.